this is Michael Bozzi. Welcome to the 75th episode of Marketing Without the Marketing. As always, I'm really glad that you could join me. Now, over the past eight or nine months, I've been observing the new Starbucks Star Rewards program. Uh, They made a major change to it earlier this year, and it's been of great interest to me just because I think it showcases uh, the need to get to know your customer uh, and then something that's going to become expected if it's not already, which is using some marketing automation to nurture uh, those customer relationships and to to drive them to new purchases. And of course, you know, you've got to do this and not be creepy. <laughs> and I think Starbucks is, is doing that. And I thought it was worth sort of a run through of their rewards program, just because I think it gives some great lessons for small businesses. And yes, I know Starbucks is a giant company with, for all intents and purposes, unlimited resources, but I think there are lessons that you can take away from this as well. All right, so let's take a look at this. Because earlier this year, this was back in April 2016, Starbucks made a change to their rewards program. And yes, I know there's tons of businesses that have rewards programs, but this one is different uh, and I would say quite different in the way that it's using data. And it's really all the things that I like. It's re- it's innovative. Uh, it's completely opt-in. It's soft touch, mostly. Uh, and it rewards their best customers and kind of, you know, really seeks to know those customers at an individual le- level. And you know what? That right there is a little easier to do for small businesses, but the kind of cool thing is that Starbucks is doing this at scale, uh, using data at scale to get to know their customers. And look, for me as a proponent of small businesses and someone who's, who really champions the smaller players, this is high praise for a big company like Starbucks. But I should mention that, you know, look, even though I'm not a journalist, I'm just an observer or a practitioner, I do believe in full disclosure and I do own some shares of Starbucks. I figured I should get that out of the way up front because I do believe in that. All right, let's key in on the shift from the old program to the new one. And in particular, how Starbucks is using data to get to know their customers better and create this sort of feedback loop that amplifies buying behavior. The old program used to be uh, you buy one drink and you get one star. And once you accumulated 12 stars, you'd get a free drink. Now, with the new program that was instituted in April, now for every dollar you spend, not every drink, but for every dollar you spend, you get two stars and you need to get to 125 stars to get a free drink. So uh, to make the math a little simpler, let's just assume uh, on average about $4 a drink. That means in the old program, 12 drinks times $4, you'd have to spend 48 bucks to get a free drink. And in the new system, if you spend $4 that one drink, you're going to get eight stars, which means that you have to spend, you know, do the multiplication here. You've got to spend 63 bucks in order to get a free drink. And you can get any drink you like, even the super expensive $7 ones. Now, a lot of people were irritated by this change because, well, the threshold for getting a reward was actually higher now. But here's the thing that's kind of interesting. Starbucks seemed to, in a way, lean into their best customers, even though that sounds a little counterintuitive, right? Because it's more expensive to reach uh, uh, the free drink level. But first, it rewards people on what they spend, 
um, not what they spend it on, right? So the best customers, the ones who are spending the most at Starbucks now get rewarded for not just their drink purchases, but food purchases too. And here's the big thing is that Starbucks put into play this new data-driven reward system with these special bonuses to accelerate earning stars. But again, that's really keyed into their best customers, their regulars, the one that they want to reward. And this is the part that I've been really interested to observe because it's absolutely brilliant, data-driven, algorithmically tuned uh, marketing. Let me explain a little bit, because uh, first of all, there's a few, actually two things really that drive um, Starbucks here in, in making this program. And of course, I'm making this determination. This is not from something I've read. This is just my opinion on what I think they're trying to do. Now, their goal, like any low margin retailer, is to promote a habit, right? Come in every day, get your coffee, uh, become a regular, all that, right? And you see this behavior if you have a Starbucks in your neighborhood, you and you if you go fairly regularly it doesn't have to be a starbucks it can be any cafe right you'll start to see some habits and patterns in you know the same customers that you see there every day but as a cafe you know they can only get so far on customer experience alone right being the third space as people say homework and then this third space of a cafe and really the best way to do that is to focus on the best customers right their best customers, not the mid-tier customers or the occasional customers. They want to go for those with, you know, they've already exhibited strong affinity towards Starbucks and then take that uh, habit and, and try to cement it, if you will. Now, second, the amazing thing is that they've been able to do this with a currency that has no value to it, which are the stars, now, okay, given that you can cash them in, of course, they have some value, but it's a really negligible amount to Starbucks. Now, they want the customer to feel like it has value, but let's take a look at this briefly because, um, you know, I'll quote from uh, this this post that is uh, uh, from Coffee Makers USA called The Economics of a Starbucks Cappuccino Grande. Uh, they said if the drink costs $3.65, their profit after, you know, the cost of the coffee, cup, stir, lid, milk, the overhead and rent for the shop itself and paying staff um, their salaries. It's uh, the, the profit for that, that uh, cup of coffee is 60 cents. So that's about a 16% profit. So think about this. In the new program, you spent $63 to get the qualifying number of stars, 125. So that's about 10 bucks in profit to Starbucks, right? 16% of $63 is about 10 bucks. Now, even if you cash in your stars for the most expensive drink on the menu, which is, let's say, it's 6 or $7, it's still going to cost them anywhere from about 3 to $5 to, to honor the drink. And so really, if you think about it, that means that they're still getting a profit of 5 to $7. Now, these are just rough numbers, and if you want to see these all laid out and it's hard to follow on audio, then I do have a post that published last week on this uh, that has all the details on this and some sample images so, so you can see screenshots from the app and all that. So uh, I'll leave a link to that in the show notes for you. But aside from the monetary profit, they've also gotten three things out of you as well. Uh, number one, you're in the store, right? So they sort of purchased an opportunity to sell you something else. Number two, they're getting data on you through the app uh, with which you pay or your gold card. In other words, 
with that data, they know what you like and when you show up in the store, right? Really important data. And what they do with that data is they turn around and promote that behavior and cement a habit. So all of those three things are in, in play. But I would contend that the habit portion of this is really the most important thing to them because they can take the data and then try to promote or nurture that habit. And here's the thing, with the way that they're executing this program, it's super finely tuned. So for instance, in looking for or detecting these patterns or habits, right, with every single purchase, if you make this with the app, you're leaving a data trail, right? So in other words, what drink did you order? How often do you come into the store? How often do you order that drink? What times of day do you show up? What days of the week do you show up? I mean, all of these things are pieces of data that if they're clever, they can use that. And they do. They use this uh, to sort of gamify the reward system. And here's the crazy thing. It's all individualized. And I have proof of this um, just watching how Starbucks treats my wife and me differently. She tends to be a much more regular customer than I am. And appropriately, they rank her higher than me in, in their database. Now, of course, if you're in the store, you would never see that outwardly in any customer interaction, but it sure plays out in the data. And, and, and it looks a little bit like this. They offer special bonuses and other challenges via the app, right? They notify you through the app or, you know, actually you'll get an email alert if you've opted in. And so, you know, for the bonus uh, that they offer. Uh, look, they already know what days of the week you purchase. So for instance, they might offer a double star day to get you in the store on a day that you're usually not there. So then rather than the two stars per dollar, you get four stars per, per dollar. And look, they, they take a gamble. Uh, these the stars are not worth that much to Starbucks, but if it gets you in the store and you can start executing all those three things, uh, that's probably worth it for them, right? But there are other bonuses too, you know, where they might either reward behavior they want to see from their customers. Like for instance, they were big on trying to get people to pre-order their drinks before they come in. That's better, keeps the lines lower for Starbucks. Uh, theoretically, it's more convenient for the customer. So they want to drive that behavior. So they just send out a little message that says, hey, listen, uh, for your first pre-order, you can get 50 bonus stars. Or they might want you to try a new product. So this summer they were doing this nitro cold brew and they would uh, send an offer that would say, if you try this out for the first time, you get 75 bonus stars. So that shows you that, you know, they really want to drive that behavior. Uh, they really want you to try that because they think you'll like it. Uh, it's a more expensive drink than their, their regular iced coffee. So of course they want to try to upsell you and get you hooked on that. I mean, that makes sense, right? But then there are also these challenges, and these look a little bit different than just the straight-up bonuses, and it's also where the algorithms really kick in, and it's very cool. So, for instance, they have this thing called a star dash, which requires you to make uh, a number of purchases within a certain number of days. Or they have these bonus star combinations that require you to buy, usually it's three different items. I think I've seen it uh, for two different items. But again, there's a, a, a time limit. You have a certain number of days that you have to execute this in order to earn the, the stars. Now for the star dash, the algorithms look different for different customers. Uh, so for instance, for mine, it, the offer might be make five purchases within the next week and you get 50 bonus stars. 
Or they might up the ante in the very same message, right? So instead of five purchases, make eight purchases and you'll get 150 bonus stars. Now check that out. Uh, in order to earn a free drink, you got to hit 125 and they've just offered you 150. So they say, listen, if you come in, you make eight purchases over the next week, you get, get a free drink. So they make it seem like it's, uh, it's worth it, right? Or at least the perception of it is to the customer. And it makes you know that this is a type of behavior they want to see. And obviously, uh, you know, getting someone into the store for eight purchases is pretty crazy. Uh, that would certainly be dis- demonstrating that this program is having an effect uh, and that it's, uh, you know, that you are cementing habits. So they just invested about a, a few dollars to try to get me to spend over 30 bucks. But check this out. For my wife... Uh, who's a quote-unquote better customer than me, as uh, according to Starbucks, the star dash is ratcheted up so that it's a little harder to achieve because she's already demonstrated that she's a good customer. They want to push her to be to purchase more, right? So hers is make six purchases, not five, to collect those same 50 bonus stars, or make nine purchases as opposed to eight within the next week, and you collect 150 bonus stars. So in other words, the reward is the same, but it's harder to achieve. And that's pretty amazing because they know her patterns and they're trying to sort of nurture and amplify them. Again, using data, it's algorithmic, it's individualized, you know, pretty incredible as far as the, their, that program goes. And you know, for those bonus star combinations, they're clearly trying to get you to try a new product And also bet on the chance that you're going to form this new habit if you like the product. So, you know, for instance, this the way these challenges work, you know, you buy three items over the next week, you get 100 stars. Now, here's the amazing thing, though. First, they know what you like because they know your prior purchase history. So to motivate you to try this challenge, check this out. They put one or two things in the challenge that they know you've already ordered. So for me, uh, I got one where it was order these three different things. There was one Frappuccino, and you know, since I've ordered the ice green tea ones before, they you know, could reasonably assume that I like those things. And one latte, though I can't remember, I don't usually order a latte, but maybe I did. And then the third item is one Starbucks refresher, which was a new item this summer, something I had never tried and probably never would have um, if they weren't trying to uh, push me into this with this star combination challenge. But the key thing, right, is that they've got my attention because they've put things in the challenge that I might order anyway, and they motivate me to purchase something new that I might never have tried. So imagine that this, you know, Suppose I try this thing and I love them and now I start ordering them every week, which didn't happen, by the way. (laughs) But, uh, you know, then they've just uh, created a new behavior, a new purchasing pattern and have made me into a, a better customer from their standpoint. And hey, look, if I really like the product, then it's great for me as the customer, too. Now, of course, these challenges all look different to different customers. And if you've been following this podcast, you know that I'm always talking about turning the table around and trying to see things from your customer standpoint. So everything that you do in your small business, this is the way that I feel as well in running my own business. It's for them. 
right? It's for the customer. It's not for you. It's for them. So you really do want to know your customer as much as you possibly can so that you can talk to them differently. So that you don't have to use just generic marketing language. You can really get in and, and talk to them about the things that, look, they've already exhibited and demonstrated that they care about. Um, something like that is just, I feel like a great lesson. And when you do that, of course, they feel a little closer to you. They feel more a part of what you do because you're not just sort of, as I like to, to joke, sort of reintroducing yourself over and over again, as if you've never met this customer before. But here's the thing. Starbucks does this on a personal level as well. You know, if all of this stuff just stopped with them using data to find out what you like and trying to sell stuff to you, that wouldn't be that remarkable. But these guys really, I, I do think, are, are fairly committed to customer service. Anytime I've had an issue and I've needed to email them, they were really good about that. And I've seen this type of thing uh, where clearly this is in the ethos of the company to have them get closer to the customer. Uh, just a personal story about this. Back when I lived in New York, you know, I was on 6th Ave, and just by coincidence, my sister-in-law, Tara, uh, she worked in the same building, and we would text one another in the afternoon about 2 or 3 p.m., hey, you want to do a Starbucks run? Usually the answer was yes, at least a few times a week. We'd head down to the lobby, uh, to the Starbucks that was there in the building, meet up, chat for a bit, uh, and order a coffee. And there was always usually, usually a short line at that time, five or six deep. And watching how the baristas there were, would interact, they were you know, at that same time of day on a weekday, the same two or three people, and they knew every customer by name, their preferred drink, down the line, customer by customer, they knew everyone's. It was pretty impressive. And of course, you can do that when when you've got a set of regulars that come in, you can start to get to know them. But look, you know, there were tons of places that I could have gone, tons of cafes in the area. Of course, this one was in the building, so it was super easy. But I just really appreciated that, you know, even though this is a large multinational chain, that they still, at a customer level and at an employee level, uh, we're, we're trying to drive that behavior. It's, it is really impressive. But here's the thing. Any cafe can do that. So Starbucks, in trying to use their scale, says, look, let's go a step further than that. If we're going to differentiate ourselves, let's try to use data and do this in a smart way. And look, they know you by your data, and then they customize their marketing to you specifically. Not you, the demographic, not you, the public in general, to you, the person, and your actual buying habits that you've demonstrated. This, to me, is absolutely incredible because they're, as I've said, creating patterns and habits then intensifying those habits by rewarding them and gamifying it to make it more fun, right? So when you get a reward, you get a little charge, right? Hey, I achieved something. I achieved this this goal. And, and it can seem, again, like a currency that has no value, uh, but you get this little dopamine shot with your espresso shot. And it's, it's kind of cool. So here's the thing. To me, this is just a great lesson for anyone who's doing marketing. And you might think, oh, how can a small business like me do this type of thing? Uh, most small business owners are strapped for time, uh, strapped for money. And look, this is just a matter of scale. Of course, you can't put into play this this complex algorithmically generated rewards program like Starbucks does, but you know, you can start doing some simple segmenting and marketing automation to get started. Now, if you haven't been doing segmenting, all this is 
is just starting to talk to your customers differently based on things that you already know about them. And this is huge in email marketing, but you can also do this in social media as well if you can use groups or collect people up so that you so that you know that this certain segment feels a certain way and you can talk to them differently then. And you know, the key thing here is to try to design ways to get them to self-report their interests. So you can do this for instance with a lead quiz or a free download, something that will will get them to confirm their interest. And then you use some automation, right? Once you know your prospect or customer's interest, then you can set up simple sequences to sort of again nurture that customer little by little into making a purchase. And again, this doesn't have to be difficult to start, even just an automated thank you email after a download, that counts as marketing automation, right? You just want to make it one, trigger on its own, and two, give the customer a clear sense of what to do next. And these two things, segmenting and automation, these are two massive topics. So I'm going to stop there. (laughs) But my intent is to get into this a little bit more in some upcoming episodes. So please subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, And I'm also developing a new online course, which is going to launch in February. It's going to have a ton of material on segmenting, email list building, automation sequences, and more. And uh, using all of this, as a part of an entire content strategy. Um, You'll hear more about this in upcoming episodes for sure, but the the course is called Create Biz, and please subscribe to my mailing list uh, here on my site at controlmouse.media just so you can get updates and learn a little bit more about it uh, as I go into production on it. All right. So again, thank you so much for listening. I hope that you found this to be helpful. Um, And, you know, hopefully you can start to apply some of the lessons here, even though it's unlikely that you'll get to the level of complexity that Starbucks has done here. uh, The lesson is very clear. Get to know your customer, whether that's face-to-face or using some data, and nurture them with some marketing automation. And if you do this carefully and not in sort of a, uh, a creepy big brother way and you do it with a soft touch, uh, it could be really effective. And that's why I wanted to spend a little time on this uh, just because I thought it was a helpful lesson. So again, I do have a blog version of this. I just thought you know it'd be good to show you some example images, lay out the numbers, you know, It's a little hard to follow via audio. I get that. So hope that you'll find that to be helpful. I've left a link for you in the show notes. So thank you very much. I appreciate you tuning in as always. Appreciate the attention. And I sincerely hope that you get something out of this. All right. We'll see you next week.